God's given me an extra message on the well. So it'll be another part of it. So I promise you don't want to miss it. So make sure you're here tonight. But we kicked it off last week, the well, looking at John chapter 4 of the story of the, the Samaritan woman that he met at the well. And I just want to reread a little bit of that to you. And we'll we'll go farther and deeper in it later on. But it says he he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. But he needed to go through Samaria. It, it, he didn't, doesn't say he wanted to go. He needed to go. There was something drawing him. It says, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was, it was about noon. It was lunchtime. And where Jesus sat at the well because he needed to go through Samaria and he felt he had a job to do, the disciples realized it's lunchtime. How many have a friend that they don't even have to have a clock? Their stomach knows when it's noon and it's lunchtime. Some of you start tuning me out about 11.45 because you know it's lunchtime. It's getting close. It's lunchtime. So, so, so watch this. A, a woman of Samaria, she came. To draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. He was there by himself. Because watch, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Because it's lunchtime. And I'm hungry. And God showed me something in the same way he showed me. I shared with you last week. You have a couple of things happening. You have a woman who's come to the well because she's thirsty. You have some disciples leaving the well because they're hungry. And there's two things happening. All at the same time, the same moment, a woman who is thirsty comes to the well. Uh, disciples who are hungry leave the well and both not only are even though she comes thirsty because it's a physical thirst God God pulls out a soul that is thirsting to give life in the same way he, he addresses a physical hunger in the disciples with a 
soul that is hungry. So, so before you're seated, will you just if if uh, if I did last week on Thursday, if you haven't guessed, this week's hungry. How many is hungry? Don't not not just physically. Come on, and eat breakfast. No, no, we're not talking about that. But I'm hungry, hungry. Come on, not just thirsty. I'm I'm hungry. Well, tell tell your neighbor, and it doesn't even sound. There's no even. There's not even a bad thing. You can just tell them. Tell them this week. You can just tell them. I'm a little hungry. I'm hungry for something right now. And you, you can be seated this morning. I know you might have been a little leery because I got you to tell your neighbor last week you look thirsty, and then I pointed out with the Urban Dictionary how that describes as thirsty. And you felt bad for saying that, but there's no Urban Dictionary I'm pulling out today. It's just hungry. But before we really can get into this, again, I have to pull back to that fourth verse. That fourth verse where he says, where it says, but, but he needed to go through Samaria. That he... He needed to go through Samaria. Everything hinges right at that moment that he needed to go through Samaria. And, and, and I, know, I know your concept of Samaria isn't probably the same way that the Jews saw Samaria. Because if, if, if you just look at it in Bible days, nobody needs to go through I know on a way from, uh, from Jerusalem or Jerusalem, where he missed of what Samaria really was in that time period. Because our concept of Samaria is, is, is we've heard of the story of the good Samaritan. And even if you don't, if you know nothing about church, if you weren't raised in church, if you don't know that there are 66 books in the Bible and can quote them, if you don't even realize that there's an Old Testament that goes with the New Testament, if you have no understanding at all, you've still probably heard of all the Good Samaritan. I not be able to go in detail of it, but, I, but I've heard of the Good Samaritan they made laws about a good Samaritan law off of the, the concept of a good Samaritan in those days just wouldn't have made sense. I mean, Samaria was a place that they had, they had desecrated the worship of the Jews. In, going back to the Old Testament, Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. You know who came out of the northern kingdom? All the evil kings of Israel. Highlighted by Ahab, who was the worst. Jezebel, his wife. Oh, you've heard of her. Even if you don't know anything about the Bible again, you've heard of good Samaritans and you've heard of Jezebels. All in Samaria. Just awful. I mean, they they were to the Jews. 
they weren't even really Jews. They were, they were half-breeds. They were outcasts. Pharisees of that day, even though there was a main road that went through Samaria from Judea to Galilee, Pharisees would avoid Samaritans so much, they took a long road around Samaria. Like, I will extend my trip than to go through that right there. So, so in our concept, when we hear the, the phrase, a good Samaritan, to them in that day, that would be like for us saying, saying, oh, he's just a nice young gang member. I mean, really, he's just a good guy, got a good heart, he just killed some people. He's a good serial killer. I know he's a thief, but he's a good kid. Uh, that's kind of in the, it just doesn't go together. Good Samaritan. And it was the place we avoided. It was the place that the others would have nothing to do with. So when it says, uh, but he needed to go through Samaria, I'm sure in the disciples' mind, it's just, okay, but we're getting through it as fast as we can, right? Because you've got a great calling to Galilee. I'm with you. Let's just get through this place as fast as we can. But Jesus, when everybody else wants to avoid the situations, God's willing to deal with it and go right through it and just touch because he needed to go through Samaria. And he gets to Samaria at a well and it's noon. And the disciples are hungry. And they're thinking, okay, we'll just grab a quick lunch. And we'll get on our way. Let's get out of here. I know we've got to stop. You stay at the well, Jesus. It's okay. We don't want you going into town. Because every time you go into town, you minister to people. And it's going to be a long deal. So you just stay at the well. We'll run into town. Get some food so we can get in and out on our way to Galilee. Because I know God's got something great for you there in Galilee. problem is, they didn't know why he needed to go. They go into town because they're hungry. At the same time, a woman is coming to the well because she's thirsty. And, and she's coming to the well, and I, I promise, I will do my best not to preach last week's message right now. If I do, just, just hang on. She's coming to the well at noon because she doesn't want to see anybody. Because it's a woman who has a bad reputation in the town. It's a woman that we later find out has had five husbands. And is just shacking up with the guy right now. It's a woman who is thirsty physically, but we find out she's also thirsty in her soul. And she comes to the well, and she finds Jesus at this point. 
and she's trying to avoid him because she came to the well at this time because she doesn't want to see anybody. She doesn't want to deal with anybody. Others came to the well in the early morning or the cool of the evening, but not at noon, not at the high point of the sun, not at the heat of the day. But she comes to the well because she knows at that point it'll be empty, but instead she finds Jesus there, and Jesus is asking her for a drink and of water. And, and she's saying, well, you, why are you even talking to me? I've been hurt. Are you talking to me? Do you know who I am? And he's, I know, I know who you are. If, and if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. She's going, you don't even have a bucket. And he, and he says, yeah, I do. You're my bucket. You're, you're my bucket. Because I need to go through Samaria to give living water to a bunch of Samaritans. Uh, and you're the bucket that I've been drawing out of this well that I'm going to use to pour into a, a town of Samaria. And, and can I just tell you right now, because I, I just want to stop at this moment, because there's something that caught me before I can really get into the hungry part, is that, is that some of you got to realize that, that you're on God's bucket list. You're, you're on his bucket list. And I know you're thinking. I know you're thinking. Well, he can't use me. If you look at my life, look at my weaknesses, look at my failures, he can't, he can't use me. I'm all messed up. I've, I've, been, I've failed here. I've, I've messed up there. But, but it's in her weakness that God is saying, I can use that. In, in fact, watch, watch what, what happens. And I'm going to skip down the 27th verse so I don't preach the rest the, the last weeks. But it says, and at this point, his disciples came. And they marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because they're hungry. They just want to eat and get out. I don't want a big, long devotion, Jesus. I don't want to ask you stuff. <laughs> you might explain and go into a sermon. I just want to eat and get out. The woman, though, she left. At the same time that they come, the woman leaves, and she left her water pot. Did you catch that? Because she don't need that now. She got filled with something else. What her soul was thirsty for. She got a touch of some living water. So she leaves her water pot at the well because I don't need that anymore. And she went her way into the city and said to the men, of course she did. Come on. Women ain't going to talk to her. Of course she just talked to the men. Of course she just... <laughs> of course. Look, look, go, to the, go to the next verse. Here's what she said to him. Come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to 
him. It's like he's just pulling a bucket. Who, who better? Think of it. Because if anybody had a reason to, I can't be used by God. Boy, my life's messed up. Women don't even talk to me. I knew all the men in town. Who better, who better to reach the men of the city than, than to use the woman who has all their numbers? Tell me Jesus doesn't know what he's doing. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get, the thing that you think keeps you from being used by God is the very thing that God says, that's why I can use you. The very thing that keeps you from saying, well, I just can't be used. I'm so messed up. This is where I failed. This is where I've messed up. God's saying, I can use that. Because, because in your weakness, then I get to show up. It's in your weakness that I'm made strong. It's in your weakness that they see me. So I know that you think I can't use you because of this, but the very reason that you've messed up here, the very reason that you failed here, is the very reason that I can use you. You're my bucket, and I'm ready to draw something out and pour it into others because of the failures and the weaknesses in your life. So he uses the very one that nobody would have used, but he used her because she knew the men of the city at that moment and he was going to reach Samaria but he was going to do it through her why is it that ministries will start out of your failures why is it you find somebody that God's delivered them from drugs and they go back and reach people who are on drugs well I can't be used because man my life's just nobody's going to listen to me but men will I can just picture the story too as she's telling them I met a man I bet you did yeah, I'm sure you did. Always meet him. <laughs> he told me everything I ever did. We could tell you that. Could this be the Christ? But she drew him. I think there's some buckets in the house that God's wanting to draw from to pour into others. So she's drawing. And at the same time, I've got to get to the hungry part. At the same time she's drawing, you see disciples. And watch, remember where, where I left off? The disciples had showed up. They had brought back food because that's what they went into the city for, into the town for, to get some food. Let's get on our way. They show up, he's talking to this Samaritan woman, and we don't want to ask him or talk to him about it. 
she leaves, she goes in the city, and now you see, in the meantime, in the meantime, this is what's happening at the well now. The disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. I know you're hungry. We're hungry. It's lunchtime. Eat. But he said to them, I have food of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, they're not getting it right now. Because what? Has anybody, somebody bring him McDonald's? Somebody else bring him something to eat we didn't know about? I thought we just left him at the, I bet that lady brought a snack. He done stole her snack. Peter's thinking in the background, you know, there's going to be a time I'm going to use this. I'm going to steal a little boy's lunch, I bet. I'm hungry. We'll just eat. We'll just eat. If you already got food, we'll just eat. And it goes on. It says, says therefore, or, or the next, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. Yeah. That sounds good. We'll hurry up. We'll get to Galilee. Oh, you missed it. My, my food is to do the will of the Father. My food is to my my food is to do the will. And he goes on explaining something to him, trying to get the point across, and he says says, do not say there are still four months. And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. For they are already white for harvest. They, they, they went to get food. Jesus is beginning to show them about a spiritual hunger. Saying, my, my food, uh, I know you're talking physical hunger. And I know you're hungry physically. My food, where I get fed spiritually, that satisfies me, that keeps me going, that gives me the energy that I need uh, to keep going, uh, is to do the will of the Father. And they're over there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Hand me, hand me some, hand me some ketchup to put on this. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, do do the will of the Father. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And and they're escaping. They're missing it. Woman just left. The whole reason he needed to go through Samaria. The work is happening right now. In the meantime, they're eating, saying, yeah, 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 that's good. Let's, let's, let's hurry up and get out of here. No, it, it, it's not physical. You're, you're hungry. You're hungry spiritually, too. But, but you're missing the meal. It, 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 it's to do the will of the Father. That's the food. That's the meat of it. 
And, and, and here's, here's what, what, what's happened. I, I, I believe in, in the church world today, what's happened is we have, we have got a bunch of eaters when we need more reapers. So he's going to the harvest. He's saying, look, look right there, the harvest is white. Let's get some meals that are from farm to table right now. Let's go out and get something, just something fresh. The, my meat is to do the will of the Father. And, and I think we've got so many Christians that are just, just, just feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And they miss the real meal is to do the work. To do the work. And, and there's an abundance of of, of, oh, I got to come to this church because, man, I like what he's feeding me. And if I don't like where he's, what he's feeding me, I'll go to another church. And it's all about me and feed me and feed me and feed me and feed me. And, and the real thing that Jesus is saying, it's not about, about me feeding you. It's about you doing. That's where you're fed. You know, the confusion I think gets is because we think the job of the ministers in the church is to feed, and, and it is. I mean, after all, Jesus told Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Not just my sheep, but feed my lambs also. Why? A good, good minister is always going to make sure that he's feeding baby Christians. But, but also, at the same time, feeding uh, the older Christians. Come on, right? Some sheep. And we come in, we think church is a buffet. Get to eat. Get to eat here. Get to feast, and, and we've missed. Paul said, you know, the job and the role of the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job's to feed. My job is to equip so that you can eat by doing. I know you don't get excited about that because you just want to be fed. Just want to call the waiter over. Can you give me a little bit more of that and no salad? None of that fresh stuff. None of that just harvested things. Keep the salad. I just want the meat. I'm spiritual. No more milk, no more salad. I just want to feast on the meat. And watch, watch, here's what's happening. The disciples at this moment are so meal-minded, they're miss, missing the mission. They're so meal-minded at the moment, they're missing the mission that is right in front of them. So Jesus, Jesus tells them while they're eating, hey, the fields are wide unto harvest. 
Don't say it's four more months. It's ready now. Fields are wide into harvest. And the disciples are, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wide into harvest. Let's go. We're eating. Eating. In fact, I almost think it's more like this. I think it's, can I, can I, sorry. I'm taking your stuff. I was going to take hers, but she gets so embarrassed. Just this. picture of a modern Christian but also then eat Jesus oh I've got food you don't even know about my food's to do the work of the father oh that's good yeah yeah I'm gonna eat write that down Ooh. Oh. fields are wine to harvest yeah eating oh that's good I'm gonna feast on this later and Jesus is going, you're missing it. Look up. Okay, look up. No, look up. Watch. Do, do you catch that? Go, go that verse again. Go, go that last. He said, there's still four months. He said to him, lift up yourselves and look at the fields. Not, not, not down. They're, they're, they're writing notes. Oh, that's good. That's a good word, Rabbi. That's a good word. Oh, look up. The field is wide unto harvest. And finally they look up. And do you know what they see? You've got to go back. It's already happened. It's already a couple of verses before. Remember, there was a woman who went into town. And she's telling the, the Samaritans about, about this man that she met. That, that, that told everything. And this is Christ and come see him. And they all go to follow her. And as he's having this conversation. In the meantime with his disciples. And he's telling them look up. The fields are right into harvest. And they're saying I don't see it. No look up. Look up. No I don't see it. Peter go always sees the Samaritans. They're in the way. The Samaritans are coming. And they're looking and going, we can't see the field because these stinking Samaritans. I know you're trying to drive a point in. Peter, go tell them Samaritans to move. Get out of the way so that we can see them. And Jesus going, no, 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 no. No, that's the field. That's the harvest. I came for this. What you see as a problem, what you see as wanting to avoid, what you see is I've got to stay away from this. God seizes a harvest and he's telling you, church, if you want to eat, if you want to really get full, it's to do the work. The harvest is out there and we need some reapers to go reap so that we can come and eat of the fullness. I tell you, nothing will satisfy you more. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not against you. Take, I want you to take notes. It's good food. The word of God is living. It's the bread of life. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you this. Nothing will satisfy you more than winning somebody for Christ. Nothing 
Nothing will satisfy you more than when all of a sudden you begin to win some co-workers. I just want to eat. No, we get it. Here, here's the thing. I've learned this. When I talk about harvest in the church, the church wants to get excited. Until we realize, if you ask a farmer about the harvest, if you tell him, a farmer, oh, it's harvest time, he doesn't get excited. He's not going, woohoo! You know why? Because he knows harvest is work. He knows harvest is getting up. Harvest is laboring. Harvest is working it. Harvest is, is doing the hard stuff so that I can eat later. Jesus is saying, don't say, don't say. I can just sit around a couple more months. I've put a harvest in front of you. It's fresh. Farm the table right there. Harvest right for you. And I'm telling you, eat of this. I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. But the only thing that will really satisfy is when you start to do the work. Do the work. Do the work of the Father. Do the work. Do the work. And when the, when the disciples looked up, they saw Samaritans coming. They saw the very thing that they thought was a problem. The very thing that is meant to be avoided. The very thing to stay away from. And I'm just thinking, I don't know who this is for, but the very thing in your life that you've been calling a problem, the very people in your life that you've been thinking, I've got to avoid I've got to stay away from. I think God's calling it your harvest. And it's time to work. And it's time to eat. It's time to work it. That problem is your harvest. That problem is your field. That problem is your meal. Eat. God's throwing out some buckets, I think, so that he can draw in. Well, will you bow your heads with me this morning? Holy Spirit, begin to speak to people right now.
God, I'm afraid we've been so mill-minded that we've missed the mission. We've been so mill-minded that we have forgot to reap the harvest. We've been so focused on eating that, God, we forgot to reap. Lord, right now, I pray you begin to open some eyes. That God, God, that they begin to walk looking up. Seeing what, what they've been avoiding as an opportunity to reach for your kingdom. What they've been avoiding is the harvest in front of them. God, let us be workers of the kingdom. Will we stand with you this morning? I want some prayer teams to come up. Establish some things in this place this morning. Now, I understand the reason. One of the reasons that we don't is because the enemy's told us that we can't. We're not qualified. We're not able. I'm not suited to be the bucket. are in God's eyes. Quit letting the enemy lie to you. You are in God's eyes. You can make a difference for the kingdom. You can win your family. You can win your friends. You can make, you are the bucket that God has sent out to fill with living water to pour out on us. think somebody needs to hear that. You're the bucket. Living water came to a town of some, if you keep reading the story, even though he was just passing through, they thought he stayed for a while. Ministry. People were asking him, Stay, stay. And it all started with a woman at a well who had a messed up life that everybody else avoided. So in turn, she avoided everybody else. And it started with her. A revival in God-forsaken Samaria. And if Jesus can do that, what can he do with you? We need some we need some reapers. So as we worship one more time, here's what I'm asking, and the Holy Spirit I feel is asking. Are you willing to be used? 
Are you willing to work so that others can eat? Are you willing to labor? Are you willing to take living water to others? Are you willing? See what God will do through you. So we're going to open up these altars. And these prayer partners are here with you. If you need prayer for anything at all, you can come see them. Let them pray with you. But if also, if you're saying, I'm going to make the commitment, and I want, I want to take a step forward, and I, I want God to anoint me to be his vessel, I want you to come and let them pray with you too. And let's make some commitments this morning. I want to come this morning as we just worship him. Come this morning. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus rise, my lips.
Glory, God. Want our ushers to come? We're going to give this morning of our tithes and our offerings to Him. How many you're blessed out there? If you weren't able to say Amen, you probably ought to start tithing. Just a pointer for you. Because God blesses those. He enters in a covenant with with, with Christians who tithe. He enters into a covenant with them. And he has promised that if you will do this, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you so much that there's no room to contain it all. That's pretty blessed. And then if that's not enough, he also stands between you and the devourer who tries to take stuff from you. You know what the devourer is? You you know what the devourer looks like? You, You don't get to see him all the time. But you know when you're thinking, this is going to be a pretty good week. And then an appliance breaks. The devourer. Car broke down. The devourer. It just happens. I'm not saying bad stuff won't happen to you when you're a Christian and you tithe. But I'm saying... He rebukes the devourer off of you. And when the bad stuff does happen, he has blessed you so much that if you manage it right, you'll be able to just handle that no problem. Because his word's true. So I want to encourage you this morning. Tithe. And don't let the enemy rob you and say, well, I didn't bring my checkbook. No, you never bring your checkbook anywhere. You don't take your checkbook to Walmart and you still figure out a way to buy stuff. You can give online. You can, we got a kiosk out there. They'll swap your debit card just like Walmart does. (laughs) Don't let the enemy rob you. You can even text because I know you got a smartphone with unlimited texting. I just want to pray a blessing over your life declared over you this morning as you give to him. I proclaim over you as a tithing Christian the blessings of our faithful and loving Heavenly Father. As a tither, you're not limited to the ups and downs of the economy of this world system because the scriptures declare that the blessings of Abraham are upon us and set us apart and make us to prosper in all situations, whether they're favorable or unfavorable. So as the heavens are open over this church and this congregation, I speak this blessing over you. 
I call forth jobs for the unemployed, meaningful jobs with good paying benefits, things that have been held up in the court, such as your inheritance, godly settlements, and other legal matters be settled in Jesus' name so you may have what is rightfully yours without any further delay. Those of you who earn your living as entrepreneurs or those who work in sales and commissions, I speak that God's favor be upon you so that deals and opportunities to excel will come your way. I call forth raises and bonuses to those who need them. I speak that you find money unexpectedly, and that unexpected checks come in the mail right out of nowhere as a gift from heaven just for you. I speak the word increase over you. I speak abundance to overtake you. Such abundance that you miraculously come out of debt, so that the stress of those debts are Release your minds and that God's peace will return you quickly. I now release God's blessings to go forth for you and your family because this is your covenant blessing. I bless you this morning in Jesus' holy name. And if you receive it, come on, we say amen. Now let's give to him. you all but i am hungry hey you've been talking about talking about lunch for the last hour i am hungry if you are a guest there with us today we are so honored that you came out on this beautiful sunday morning to to worship with us right in front of you there is a connect card if we could get you to fill that out turn it in at our information desk we have got a special gift just for you we want to get to know you just a little bit better men if you're a man raise your hand Way up high. We got a men's meeting Tuesday night, and we're going to do some really cool stuff. I don't know what, what they got planned for us. I don't know if we're shooting AR-15s or catching a five-pound bass or skinning a butt. We're going to do something manly Tuesday night here at the church at 7 p.m., and we need you to be here. Come out, fellowship with, with the guys around the church. We're going to have a great time. We always do. Um, another meal, we've got a meal ministry that's kicking off, and Miss Cheryl Mitchell is leading this. What it is, it's for people that who are 
going through uh, maybe a hard time, maybe having a baby, maybe going through a surgery or a sick time. She is developing a ministry where they are going to uh, be creating meals for these people to help your families get through that tough time. So really looking forward to that. And uh, if you want, if you're interested in that, you can get signed up and see Cheryl. Also tonight at 6 o'clock, we are having church here at the church. That's right. Pastor has got an amazing message that, that he has prepared for us tonight, and we're going to have a great time. And after that, we're going to celebrate Miss Jenna Clark. If you don't know, Jenna has graduated with her master's degree, and we're just so honored and proud of her. And tonight we're going to have cake and punch. We're going to eat and drink in celebration of Jenna and her accomplishments. So be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. You are dismissed.